the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Welcome to the USL show week. Uh, well, we're in week 11 because the game happened tonight, but we'll talk about some things that happened in week 10 of the of the season. Um, long intro before telling people who I am. Hiya. Uh, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, not necessarily true. Your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger, probably true. Uh, Evan Valala here. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Joined by uh, only one of my soccer friends tonight, uh, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee, uh, my dear friend, Phil Grooms. Phil, how's it going? All right, man. It's just you and me. It's like uh, Baltimore, except we're not right next to each other. Ah, uh, if only. If only. <laughs> remember places? Yeah, I mean, those I are the good places. places. Yeah. We like hung out. We were. We could walk right next to each other. We could yeah. talk to each other. Yeah, I didn't have a mask on. There was no digital delay. Yeah. Uh-uh, no. Nice. Yeah. That romantic yeah. dinner we had eating uh, shellfish. Dude, I listen. I made you. I, I made a very, uh, a very weighted promise of, of feeding you very good seafood <laughs> because I knew where we were, and I I came up on that. Indeed, you did. Uh, I had a great time. It was but, good. It was good. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know when we can go places again. You'll have to come to the better city in the Mid Atlantic, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Agree. Um, but, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Hey, uh, soccer happened. We should talk about it. Um, today, a lot of player movement, which is fun. Um, I guess we'll start with Las Vegas Lights uh, head coach Frank Yellop making a bit of an imprint on his squad as Quincy Ameriqua. He of uh, 10 years or so of service to the San Jose Earthquakes is now with the Las Vegas Lights. It's a crazy one. I think he's like a speedy winger, but I just remember him from like the chip shot from half mm. from the half line, you know, mm-hmm, uh, that, mm-hmm. that famous goal. Like it's probably four or five years ago now, though. I don't know. But he that's when he got on my radar and I haven't he hasn't really been on my radar ever since, unfortunately. I mean, you know, he's he's one of those. He's a vet, which I'm sure helps a team that has seemingly had a lot of change every year they've played. Um, I, I, I don't know if his goal scoring pedigree is what it, what it has been or what it traditionally was. I think he's a very good, safe depth piece at the very least. Um, you know, I mean, he, he's got 200 appearances. <laughs> like, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, hopefully he's more than that. Hopefully at the very sure. worst, he's a super sub, you know, but um, I'm, you know, I'll be curious to see what an aging MLS player looks like in the USL taking a step down. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mentioned that Yallop brought him in. Yallop drafted him in 2009 for yeah. the Quakes. And then they, they were together with Chicago in 2013. Um, you know, 26 goals, 20 assists in MLS. Uh, I, I think we all know coaches have guys that they like and they want to bring in to surround themselves with. And, 
I, I, you know, you could do so much worse than Quincy Ameriqua, I think. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, he was with the, the Quakes. Like we said, he was with Colorado Rapids, New York Red Bull, Toronto FC, Montreal Impact, DC United. Um, you know, behind Wayne Rooney last year. So who knows? Um, and then uh, Gabe Robinson, one of their defenders, gets loaned out to Colorado Springs switchbacks as well today. Oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. About Ameriquois, though, like he's got physical traits, I assume, still at whatever age he's at now. Yeah, but, I mean, at 32, like I, I don't think you're, and he's never been a huge physical presence. I think he's more of a speed guy, he's more of a technical yeah. guy. And I think, you know, when, when you're a little bit older, I, I think when your game is like that, you'll be fine. And he knows the system, right? So, yeah. He should fit in, hit the ground running, and hopefully he, he gives lights some goals and gives him a little bit of footing. A little little bit of entertainment at the very least, right? Sure. Why not? Yeah. I like it. Uh, one that surprised me, this dropped five hours ago by the, the league at least. I don't know if it was announced before that by OC, but hmm. and Olsen to Hobro IK. Uh, yeah. that, that, that team is a Danish team that might be yeah. more... Uh, prevalent in your mind because what uh, Emmanuel Sabi has been there, which is a USMNT hopeful um, Christian Kappas or yeah, I think Christian Kappas is, is, is the way how he pronounces his name is a guy that's still there. Um, they're not a great team, but just moving in a Volson from here to the first tier in Denmark, I think is a step up. It's an interesting move. There was a quote. Last thing I'll say is there's a quote. We're pleased to announce the loan deal for mm-hmm. Thomas to Hobro IK, a top Danish club where he can combine his talents and be with his family. Find it interesting that family was mentioned in that quote. Yeah. I, you know, guys with, with younger families, they want to, you know, be able to, to deal with that. Um, right. And, and Anna Volson's one of those guys, uh, a name that you missed, by the way, in the American guys that have been with Hobro. Mm-hmm. Joseph Samuel. Oh, really? That's where he but came Lanny from. United to the Hobro. Oh my goodness. We could have used that as a, uh, moving to the next topic as a segue, but, uh, it, we still can. We still can. <laughs> as speaking of signing players to Atlanta United too. There we go. Um, in a, in a, in a Euro draft stash or, uh, what the, the, uh, yeah, the, the Euro stash, sort of vibes here <laughs> uh atlanta united bring in uh eric lopez kind of like a lone army except within your own system yeah well and and we've seen uh the philadelphia union have done this i, I think dc has done it i, I think this is going to start to become the trend um especially if that mls reserve league phil gets uh mm. gets off the ground yeah. um so what they've done they have signed him as an organ as an organization because I think I think they just signed him to the two side, but who, who knows? Uh, Atlanta United signed him. He's going to play for the two side until January first, and then he'll become a first team rostered player for Atlanta United. Um, yeah. What that does, I, I think, uh, Justin Ashcraft, friend of the show and member of Mongols. Um, got a little bit of a Union Academy explainer on Views from the Bridge to plug my other shit that I do. Um, it gives teams a year to look at guys that they bring in. Pretty low risk. Let's guys play for a year in your system. 
and then you know you can bring them up see what they have and then if it doesn't work out you can kind of cut ties and you get one year for free essentially on a two-year deal without as much uh, risk because they're not making necessarily mls money right away it's very um if you're a relegation threatened premier league team you sign a guy for you know three years but that first year you say hey you know if if we go down your your wages are getting reduced it's sort of the american version of that um but yeah lopez is I guess what I'm, uh, I would say it's even a, a step different from that only mm. in that I do think it's partially that I think they do want to make sure he's only 18. So I do want to, I th- think they want to make sure he's good before they call him up. But, um, it's also like, I think the bigger deal here is that they don't have enough space to bring in an international for an international slot. Sure. Um, sure. Maybe yeah. even cap space. So it's a bit of a cheat in that way as well. And that mm-hmm. they're, um, Atlanta United two is actually, the details are Atlanta United who is signing him to that team. He's not signed to Atlanta United, um, yes. the top club. And then he's being loaned up to Atlanta United from there. So he doesn't take up, you know, any cap space. It doesn't take up an international mm-hmm. slot. It's just a loan slot. So it's a bit of a cheat, but honestly, yeah. with as, as much as um, as much money as a USL championship club costs these days, mm. not only to buy in, but to run on yeah. a yearly basis in the middle of COVID, this is like the least the USL championship can, can do for MLS in that way. I think yeah, yeah. it might be an unpopular opinion, but I think sure. it's, uh, a, a, even though it is a cheat, I think it's one that they very well deserve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no, listen, Paraguayan youth international, um, from the looks of things, he's got pace. He's got a okay. First touch. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm pretty active in the box. So, um, yeah, he's going to be a handful, especially at championship level. Um, I don't have any real basis for what the Paraguayan first division looks like compared right. to yeah. the championship or MLS. Uh, but, um, you know, he's he's been with Olympia since he was like 13, and they were pretty high on him. Um couple of the of the news reports that i saw from atlanta uh media at least said that it was olympia's wonder kid um which i don't know how true that is but you know there's enough uh hype around them that atlanta united brought them in and we saw what they did with a couple of south american kids um, a couple of years ago so i'm sure they're looking to recreate some success they've had in the past with the uh, with south americans from relatively unknown clubs at least yeah. on the American radar. Um, you got to plug your other podcast, so I'll plug mine. Uh, Please. Stuart Holkerin from Flyover Footy. He's been yeah. on my show a couple times. Um, he brought up a really good point that I hadn't thought about until I saw it that, uh, you know, he said he quoted this news on Twitter and said, Q Adam John loan to USL championship. And so, not only Adam John, but JJ Williams. This is definitely direct competition with those guys. Um, I know Atlanta United hasn't used those guys a ton um, this season. So I think if he does work out for them the way that perhaps Union would try him out and check him out and see if he works, if he's mm-hmm. able to perform above those guys, I agree. One or both of them might be dropping down to the USL yep. shortly, which would be huge because. 
they may not make a huge difference in MLS. They would make a huge difference on any team. I'm pretty close yeah. to right away, I think. Um, especially Birmingham, who's on a tear, like JJ Williams coming back and fitting right back in where he was right yeah. before the playoffs would be a hell of a move this time of year, right? Yeah, I mean, if you can grab either of those guys, that'd be massive. I don't know if it'll happen now, only no. because, um, you know, just weird. You still have a bit of a crunch as far as, as your schedule goes and things, and you want to have as many guys as possible. So you can rotate them in and out. But um, who knows? Who knows? I'm, I'm curious. You know, I'm trying to think of – I think this would be a fun one for next week because yeah. this is something we'll be able to talk about. Well, and um, I'm curious where people might think Adam John might go and where he, he would be useful because he's not going back to Phoenix. They're stacked. They're doing fine. Yeah, no. Despite the recent game at Reno, but – Yeah. Uh, and the other one that's interesting, not like they would – I don't think they'd load him anywhere that wouldn't be just to their two side, but it would be kind of funny to see him back with a bunch of 18-year-olds. Corey Burke is apparently – uh, mm. clear to come back into the country pending a, a visa here in a day or two. So been killing it in Austria, doing really well there. I yeah, love he's been very Corey Burking it in Australia or in uh, in Austria, where <laughs> you know you go. Uh, hat trick, a red card is about right. <laughs> in, not in a bad way. I love it, but yeah, I like it too. Um, yeah. So who knows? He's got a meeting with the. Uh, the embassy apparently tomorrow. So as long as he doesn't get high, he'll be fine. Uh, okay. Uh, which was the whole thing last time. Ah, damn it. That's too bad. Yeah. Do you think he'd come back to the union or not so much? Oh no, that's where he's gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of what they do with him, Really? If they, if they think they have space for him or not. And if they don't, that would be fun to see him play with the union too, just cause it's a bunch of children <laughs> and he would be frustrated be interesting for sure it would be it would be uh hey san diego loyal made some moves not to be outdone by the team that they're playing tomorrow is that phoenix no san diego and las vegas vegas yeah okay yeah not to be not not to be outdone by las vegas san diego decided to bring in a couple people um <laughs> i'm probably gonna have a hot take here in that i i think that the the two guys that don't have as much experience i guess i don't know I, it, carson Burke, friend of the show friend of uh mine was very excited about one of these moves and then not so much about Tarek morad and then was kind of okay about alejandro guido but san diego bring on rubio rubin Tarek morad and alejandro guido so uh one player essentially for each of their uh you know defense midfield attacker um, Rubio Rubin, former U.S. international, played for Dorados and Club, uh, Club Tijuana. Uh, 24, he's made seven appearances for the men's national team, but he hasn't played since the 2018 season, made his debut in 2014, so he's been kind of on the fringes for a while. Um, and then he was over with uh, Utrecht and Staubach as well um, in Europe, but you know, good and great. And I, I like that guys that have some, some senior team experience are willing to, I, I don't know, swallow the bitter pill a little bit and move down yeah. the championship. Um, it is weird. Cause that was only two years ago that he had that senior cap. 
It might yeah, have been. But well, I mean, you know, what, seven appearances or so with the national team? Yeah, and they come over four years, just doesn't really scream. And it did. I mean, I guess in his defense, like the the men's national team at that point was the most stable thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, that doesn't scream confident. Like, I'd I'd be much more interested in what he's been doing at the club level than the national team level at that point. Agree. Yeah, and even in the national team call up was like, okay, that's that's a deep dive. You know, right. like right. I know I remember not being excited about him. You know, he got an appearance. Mm. He did some things but it wasn't super especially good a lot someone made a comparison to Kisa better Um, it's it's almost like a parallel move because yeah it was almost a feeling of a step down to go down to usl club but he killed it there and now he's getting a chance in miami right and he's not getting a lot of chances to play he's not really showing well, well there necessarily but he did move up immediately so that's that's nice to see that perhaps we'll get more of that and i think it's smart too for for rubio because it's okay so you get loaned from tijuana to dorados um that doesn't necessarily inspire confidence if i was him Mm-hmm. Because I know you know Tijuana, big club in Mexico. Obviously, you know. I, okay, I'm only 24. I, I don't know, you know, what they're going to do for me. I don't know if I necessarily see a, a future for myself with Dorados. Maybe I don't really get on there. Tijuana, they loan me, so that's not inspiring a huge amount of confidence. If you come back to the states, you're at least going to get playing time. I think at, at Loyal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, um, and, and you can maybe get back on the radar here a little bit quicker than with a mid table Liga MX East side. Yeah. I'm interested to see how he does because, uh, I think it's going to be up to his output. I really do. I agree. He's going to, I don't, it's unfortunate. I'm worried that San Diego loyal is not a good place for a striker to go this year Mm. you know Mm. and it may be something where he doesn't do much this year but next year he becomes more dangerous Mm. but loyal it seems to be a defend first kind of a team sure and um you know we need to hear from alan on this one because it's really unfortunate that um, they have a show themselves tonight and he couldn't make it tonight but um i'm really excited to hear listen to both of these and then see who's more right and when it's me you know let alan know (laughs) Good point. He's yeah. going to be talking about this probably right now as we speak, actually. Probably. So. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the, the bad thing and the unfairness of being a forward is that your success is measured in how many goals you put in the back of the net. And when a team only takes you until the end of the 2020 season, you got to hit the ground running. There's not really a whole lot of acclimation here. Um, Which is why I'm a little more positive about Tarek Morad. Yeah. And Alejandro Guido. Um, Morad shouldn't be um, an unfamiliar name for a lot of people. Uh, He's been in 131 games and has played a 
touch over 10,000 minutes in the championship, which started over in Oklahoma City, uh, was with Louisville City in 2017, was most recently with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. He's back with San Diego Loyal now. He's a veteran guy. He's been there. He's done that. Were those Louisville teams, like, just unfairly good? Yeah, but he was a big part of those teams, and he's a very good defender. Um, and then Alejandro Guido is one of those, you know, he's San Diego kid signed with Los Angeles FC prior to 2019. Hasn't played there. He's been with Tijuana, which is probably another nice thing for Rubio is that you have another guy who's at least been, you know, in the MX, you might've been familiar with each other at some point. So your two teammates coming up, now you're at San Diego Loyal. It probably hasn't hurt anybody. And then uh, Guido, another guy where he's played U17, U18, U20, and U23 for the youth national squad. So, you know, a kid who he hasn't been at that top level like like Ruben has, but he could get there. And 26 for a, for a center mid in the national team is not by any way, shape, or form, you know, the death knell. So I, I think, you know, Rubio is, a, is an interesting get. Like, Morad's going to really give some some depth and some character and some locker room mm-hmm. personality to San Diego, which is nice. And then I think Guido, you're taking a little bit of a risk, but I, I think he's got a really good chance to at least give you a, a good bit of output until the end of this season. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I have a couple thoughts about this. It's, yeah. it's unfortunate that loyal doesn't this feel a little bit like uh, Hey, we need reinforcements stat find who you can. Mm. And I, I get that feeling because it feels a lot like kind of like St. Louis FC would make these kind of moves where they bring in some like really talented players, but it, it's so late in the season that you're like, are they really going to implement themselves really well? And is it going to be seamless? Um, it never is, but that being said, a lot like St. Louis, even some of those reinforcements were really high quality guys. And I would say all three of these guys are quality players, especially in, in a league like USL. Yeah. We got a veteran guy like Morad, but uh, Rubin has a lot of experience. Guido has a lot of potential that perhaps is untapped. These are guys that are probably hungry to prove something. The two, maybe not Morad. I mean, he's proven at this level, but uh, yeah, yeah, these guys have a chip on their shoulder, probably, and they probably feel like they're above the USL level and feel like they need to destroy anyone that comes in their path. And I, I, I think the funny thing to me about whatever we put their narrative out, where it's like these guys feel like they're above this, um, you can't do that. You got to oh, play who's in front of you. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those weird things yeah. where it's like, yeah, like on paper, statistically, they might be like that weird, like you know, oh, well, the pipeline from USL to MLS is broken, so they're not getting chances. But, like, you can't really buy into that as a player. No, you can't. Because then, you, you, know, then, then, you, then it turns into, into not trying and, and, you know, getting complacent, and then you're never going to get a look, right? So Right. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, we just mentioned J.J. Williams and um, uh-huh. Adam John, Adam, and I'm Adam blanking John, yeah. on his name. Um, I'm going to look it up as we go, but um, who just got a chance with Nashville FC from Charleston? 
And the dude killed it as a six for um, for Nashville in their last game. They had a new look in their midfield, kind of changed the way they were going about things. And they got their, what, their second win in MLS? Um, First or second, yeah. Gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I'm sorry. Pull up the Ooh, roster. Charleston Battery Player, MLS. Popped right up on my search. <laughs> Anunga, Brian Anunga. Oh, it's all Brian Anunga, yeah. Right. Which... He was a little off of our radar when he got signed to MLS. We were all talking yeah. about him, John, a few other players um, last year. As well, I think in Nashville, you see like Derek Jones and yeah, exactly, Derek. Yeah, Jones. like there's a couple other guys where they're like a little bit younger. We were talking about James Musa to Minnesota, who mm-hmm. hasn't had an effect on them, as far as I know. Um, yeah. Brandon Nunga just got a good chance and he killed it. Um, saw a nice heat map from you know uh, you know who i missed who would have who would have immediately been able to tell you it was brian Nanunga. who ryan yeah because he played for the wilmington hammerheads (laughs) (laughs) he's he's gonna listen to this hopefully be like oh yeah brian um (laughs) mad at us for taking so long yeah he'll be all right He's too busy getting this third doctorate or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Um, But that leads us right into, I think that's a good transition to the the battery. Battery, you're killing it right now. Are we surprised? uh, No, we're not surprised. Maybe we can be a little surprised. I don't know, man. I need to find the Nicholas Murray reply that was just absolutely spot on there is i didn't read it i i know they were really mad about the atlanta united draw and even the other one where it was three two um there's not many teams that are holding the same bay rallies to a clean sheet and the one nil win mm. that's for sure um there's not that many teams that have a coach that can get the most out of a group of largely passed over players. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, Hey, go listen to that interview with AJ Patterson for, for an example of that. And you look at even, you know, Zyko Lewis uh, is, is another one. And, and Joe Kuzminski a little bit too, um, you know, I don't know where Anheuser keeps finding these players. Ah, exactly. So good. Like Logan Gadula, Cincinnati should call him back like right now. <laughs> they loaned him yeah. to Phoenix. He didn't play. They, he was with Hartford. He got 15 appearances last year. And now he's got six appearances with Charleston. And he looks so good. Yep. Coming out of Wake Forest. So it's not surprising that he's a good defender because Wake Forest. But, you know, like, Anheuser's one of those guys where it's like, it, it just, he can get the most out of the guys that he has, and he can do that to the point where, you know, they're they're beating Tampa, and they're getting these, these wins, and they're stringing wins together. And I love that they're doing it with a lot of guys, like Romario Piggott, who's from Panama, Zyko's from you know, one of those tiny, where is he from? It's going to bother me now. Bermuda. Like AJ's yeah. hide the Granada. Like they have a lot of those guys where you're just like, I don't know who they are. Like 
Savros Zerkosis is Greek. You know, like it's um and he was supposed to join Red Bull. Like it's it's just a very, very interesting, a very like USL roster. And it's it's working out for him for now. Yeah. Um, where he gets his players, that's what I want to know. And like as if he were to be hired on to let's say MLS and USL actually started transferring players more easily, yeah. right? The battery would be the Southampton of Yeah. I mean soccer well someone should just find anhauser and hire him as a scout you know like pay him way more than charleston does it wouldn't be hard i'm sure and it would work because look at i mean just to list a few guys um lasso michael chang portillo um uh carlson kind of counts williams kind of counts like and and here's what nicholas murray said is um he just replied to like this conversation we were having on Twitter. The mm. thing I, he says, the thing I've always felt is the battery go through cycles, mostly because mm. as players move on players, like we just listed, yep. it can take a little time to rebuild. They're now back mm-hmm. to where they were in 2017 when they had all league picks four all league picks and finished yep. second in Eastern conference. I mean, yeah. you forget because they have such bad down years that their up years are killer. And they have they really anonymous down years. Yeah. Yeah. Dane Kelly, another one. Yeah. Dane Kelly. He has so many guys that I had to check to make sure that Dane Kelly was a battery. Like that's, that's what it is. Is there's just so many where it's like, yep. Went through Charleston, you know, like, and it it is a shame that, that isn't Adam John even. I think so. I think someone mentioned that as well. Yeah. I mean, I know he, he likes to wear black and gold because of the crew, but (laughs) no. Okay. No, that's what I was confusing. Never mind. The crew. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see black and gold, and I just immediately think it's going to be Charleston now. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. I apologize. Uh, which the cool speak. thing is that the yeah. battery have like a good investor now, so and they have a great logo now. Yeah, it is upgraded. <laughs> so I, I think maybe I'm curious if they'll be able to hold on to this a little bit better, bring in more players that he likes. And I think part of his success too is like, it's not just that he's finding good players. Obviously they're good players because they're able to move on and still do well. Mm-hmm. Not like some other, like a lot of Pittsburgh Riverhounds, like, or sorry, some Bob Lilly players will move on and not do as well. And then they'll come back. Right. Most of these battery players we're talking about move on and do well, which, so maybe that's like a, uh, props to Anhauser that he's able to find guys that are good everywhere, but it's almost like he has this, uh, he just knows these player profiles that work for his system and yeah. he's able to find them all over the place. And, and he's moving in. guys around in his system. And That's true working, too. Which is nice. That's true too. Speaking I'm of moving to- guys around, mm-hmm. uh, Dick was back in the country. A week ago. About a week ago. We had some visa heard. problems and COVID things and, and stuff like that happens. I know it's loud in United, so it's not like, wow, he scored against someone, you know, really making some waves. But he gets a goal for the Hounds tonight. Yeah. I know in their, were, uh, he was in St. Louis for a couple of years. Yeah, I know you weren't, you didn't rate him, but I did in some ways. The guy's I always think, had trouble finishing, but tonight's finish was a nice one, to be honest. It was good. And, you know, I, I, 
as a depth piece and as a guy that can just provide a little bit of spark, at least until he gets healthy, and then he's probably a guy that's going to challenge. Yeah, because uh, who's the guy that has a similar profile to him from Nashville? Has not been productive. Um, Dang it, I forgot his name. As usual. Keep making me close and open Nashville's roster, and I don't know how I feel about it. Pittsburgh River has. No, oh, gosh, what do you need? Rapapa Mensa. Sorry, everyone. Mm, mm. Rapapa was really good in the first couple of games, but he's been a little quiet ever since. So it's good to get Degoy in there and give him some minutes, challenge Rapapa, and uh, perhaps take his spot if he keeps scoring. Um, obviously, tonight they played a team that wasn't that good. Right. I thought they looked pretty terrible tonight, to be honest. Um, well, and and my one criticism, I suppose, of of the Rapapa Mensa deal to Pittsburgh is I think that everyone still thinks that Rapapa Mensa is going to do what he did with Harrisburg, which I know a lot of people are like, who? Um, there was a team that used to exist. They played in a baseball field in City Island in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, they were simultaneously terribly run, but also better than they had any right to be. And Rapapa Mensa played for them. And if Bobby Warshaw wasn't on the field for the first two years that I started paying attention to Harrisburg City Honors, I think Rapapa Mensa would be one of my least favorite players. But Bobby Warshaw was there. So it wasn't Rapapa Mensa. Um, Native of Pennsylvania, by the way. What's that? Native of Pennsylvania. Is that why we love Bobby? No, we we really didn't like Bobby Warshaw. Oh, okay. And I think that's because of the same reasons a lot of people really didn't like James Chambers or really don't like Enzo Martinez or really uh-huh. don't like any of those guys where it's very fun if he's on your team, but not very fun if he's not on your team. Um, uh, which is going to be very sad if that, or like the, like the, you know, Daigo Charas of the world. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be very mad if that sort of player is out of, out of fashion in five years. I'll be very mad. Tradini, another one. Um, Rapapa Mensa was a nightmare, and he was very fast. He was very good at goal. He was, he was very lethal. I don't think he's very fast anymore, and I think that takes away from a lot of his lethality. And I, I think, or at least if he's as fast as he was, he can't do that for as long as he used to be able to. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I, I think a guy like Dequa, who's who's at least got as many ways to hurt you, as Mensa does, I, I think one of my favorite quotes, Tommy Smith on Grumpy Pendants this morning when I was out on the golf course, I threw them on and they were talking about Glenn Murray, Brighton and Hove, uh, speaking of the Hammerheads. And they said, you know, when he got to Brighton, it was, oh, Glenn Murray is as old as, as the hills, or as older than the hills. But the goalposts don't move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I like that a lot because, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if if Mensa and Dequa or player A and player B are built the same. If they just know how to find the goal, they're great. So if Dequa can find the net consistently with Pittsburgh now that he's back, and I'm sure he's been super happy about having the, you know, have this enforced break because the pandemic's happening. If he can just find the net and just start scoring goals and make that everyone else's problem to figure out where he should play or what league he should be in and this, that, and the third, then he's great. And that's a great move for the Riverhounds. I agree wholeheartedly. 
I just hope he's able to, uh, you know, continue to finish. I think he will be an asset to them. I mean, the thing is he fits right into a Lily team because the guy that gives 110% all the time, uh, Dequa, I'm talking about at least. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing, I think while we're talking about this team, first of all, I think last year at the beginning of the season, Steven Dos Santos was one of those players where I was like, I don't know if he's still of the caliber of USL championship, blah, 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 blah. Um, man, I watched him tonight and I really enjoyed, he, he played kind of a Josie Altidore role where mm. yeah, he's a big guy, but he was the one sitting in. He got really back. frustrated at a penalty tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one for another show, but, uh, yeah, Steven Santos looked amazing playing the dropped in forward slash 10, I guess even. He wears the number 10. He did a great job. And uh, Dequel played up top and was able to manhandle a kid, a center back uh, for a goal tonight. But the other one mm-hmm. is uh, the loss of Kevin Kerr. I thought was going to be detrimental to this team more than any other loss in the recent past. And this kid, Robbie Mertz, has come in. He doesn't play the same position necessarily, but Robbie is filling like this whole, this role for Pittsburgh Riverhounds where he is like the heart of the team. He finds himself in the right place at the right time and is able to be somewhat creative. He's able to pull goals out of nowhere, it seems like. This kid is my favorite Riverhound now, whereas uh, Kevin Kerr was my favorite. Am I saying, is that right, Kevin Kerr? Yeah, yeah. Yeah making sure I had his name right. Cause I confuse him with Devin Kerr sometimes, but uh, yeah, Robbie Mertz is like to me, the new Kevin Kerr. I really enjoy his play. The kid is amazing. And I don't think anyone saw him being this good out of college. I think this is his first year in the USL. And I think I might even give him the, like the rookie of the year vote this year. Mm-hmm. If there is such an award, I'm not sure there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Michigan, spent some time. I guess maybe he got drafted by the Rapids and never played for them and ended up with uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that sounds about right. I know, in a weird way. Uh, ending things on a weird note, uh, Keem Ward gets suspended for two games for intentionally kicking out, um, hitting the shoulder of of Clay Dimmick. Um they both kind of go down. It's one of those weird, we're going to flare around for a couple seconds and both try to get up. Mm-hmm. Dimmick is, is sort of down near Ward's feet, and Ward just kind of kicks out a, a bit, hits him in the shoulder. Luckily, he didn't hit his target. Because mm-hmm. um, then you're looking at face. Yeah. Yeah, kicks to the face of Clay Dimmick is looking at a couple stitches of Keemore, probably like five games. Um, you know, are we happy with two games? I have this. Actually, I can uh, I can pull up the statement. I think the thing you you like start to compare it to is the mm-hmm. uh, Romario Williams or not Romario Williams. What am I talking about? Um, who's the Riverhound? Romeo Parks. Parks. Yeah. Granted, that was like a jump kick to the back. So yeah, that was a lot. Near as bad, and yeah. that guy got kicked out of the league. Um, two games, is it enough? I don't know. Akeem Ward immediately apologized publicly. He did. He I had don't know to. If Romeo Parks did that, but uh, probably. Ward claimed it wasn't intentional to hit him 
mm-hmm. in that spot necessarily. Yeah. It's understandable to get frustrated. These days you get caught for every little thing on camera, so just don't do it. But uh, two games, I guess it's fine. I could have seen four. I don't think I would have gone higher than four. I, uh, I think three would be a little better. Two is just a weird number. Um, he misses the game um, against Memphis. Actually, he already missed one. Yeah, because the the ruling came down on the 28th. So he would have been suspended for the game that happened on Saturday, the 29th, uh, I guess, Memphis. And then he's suspended for the game today, when you're listening to this, Wednesday, um, against Birmingham. In a world where you're playing Wednesday, Saturday, I think it's kind of smart to rest him for one of those games anyway. (laughs) You know, like just a rotation thing. Um, I don't know. So I think three is a little more. Well, here's the deal. Do you think he would have, let's say the ref saw that happen. He would have gotten a red. It's true. Yeah, he only got a yellow, right? And then perhaps yeah. the league would have said that was pretty bad. A red's not enough. We're going to give you one more game. Or we'll I feel give, like you, it was we'll give caught, you two more or whatever. Yeah. I feel like if it was caught, they would have gone with the one day suspension and then added one more and just like gone with that. Hmm. Do you feel like that would have changed things if it was seen and he had gotten a red or do you think they still might've added two more games? Uh, I, I think the fact that he doesn't get a red wants me to give him three mm. more. Yeah. You know, and like as the league, I can't do anything about poor officiating necessarily. I mean, I can go to pro the next day and be like, come on, guys, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, But I think the fact that he only gets a yellow, that he was able to play out the rest of that game when, you know, uh, even if we're just looking at it from a endangering your opponent's standpoint, kicking out at somebody when you're that close to the back of them is rough. Um, And and so, yeah, I, I think three games here would have been a little better because not that you're going to, you know, say like, Hey, we talked to the disciplinary committee and, and they were like, Oh, the yellow card was kind of weak. And so we're like, yeah, you're right. Three games, but you know, just for me, Hey, you know, we don't think that the yellow card was enough. And, and you know, yeah, three games, three games, which in this day and age is probably a normal, like if it was a normal season and he gave him two games, cause then it would be like, all right, he's for sure not going to be like, he would have played both those games. Now, if you're playing Wednesday, Saturday, like I said before, I don't know. What's your rotation like? Yeah. And I think if we're going to do suspensions going forward, we should look at what's your rotation. Like how often is a guy like that playing anyway? Is he only playing, you know, two-thirds of the games all right well and he misses three just in case yeah i think it's a really good point because if i'm north carolina i was not necessarily worried about the game that they played on saturday mm-hmm. and i'm not mm, super worried about burning i'm more worried now but <laughs> I, I think if i'm the league i say all right you're doing something stupid like that you only get a yellow card you could have injured that you could have ended clay Dimmick's season worst case 
Well, here's the deal. It may not matter at all. North Carolina yep. seems like a good team, and they're just faltering like crazy. I don't know what's up with them this year. A little bit of That's frustration, apparently. Him, yeah, right. Maybe that had a hand in it. <laughs> but I think uh, Pony put up a poll, and it, it was my favorite poll of the last few weeks. I think mm. he was like, who's the bit most disappointing team mm. in the USL for you? And obviously Miami won by a long slide, and I think that right. was my number one choice. My number two sure, choice sure. is definitely North Carolina FC, who hasn't gotten much conversation from us lately. So mm. if they're going to get conversation, unfortunately, this is the one you get. Yeah. You're sorry, guys. <laughs> Extremely disappointing this year. Your roster is yeah. better than this. Kind of like Charlotte. Y'all should be doing better. Sorry. Mm, mm, yeah, Charlotte's. Yikes. Either that or Lomas put you on your back for half a season last year. I don't know. There's a chance. I don't think that's it, though. But anyway. Bill, any closing thoughts? Uh, No. I mean, I kind of finished up on a hot take there, didn't I? Didn't a little bit. I'm okay with it. Um, no, it's been fun. It's fun, you know. It's fun just talking to you, Evan. We could do this all night. For we sure. could. I mean, sometimes we do. Just no. Well, and that's the thing is, I think we keep slipping into like we're having a phone conversation, like we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys hey, have enjoyed listening you know, to our phone conversation. Listen, there is nothing like not asking the club for anything and just talking to one of their players and then having them retweet it. Yeah, it's great. That's when you know you're you're okay. You know? Yeah. Thanks, Charleston. Cheers, guys. That was kind of you. Listen, I, you know, I unfortunately not every USL club retweets things that we do. No, <laughs> it's not. No, it's not even that. I like there's there's very few guys, especially now that I'm on friendly terms with, uh, mm. you know, and, and so whenever you're able to do that and you can literally just text a guy like, hey, I've got like an hour. Let's just do a thing. It's easy. That's cool. Yeah. So it's not even a, oh, not all the clubs like us thing. It's just, you know, sometimes I like to just subvert that formal process and just mm-hmm. put out something that I had fun doing, which is largely in part why I do the show all the time anyway. Thanks to Icarus FC and Roughnecks Cards and the Beautiful Game Network podcast for indulging my, my silliness twice a week. Um, but yeah. For Phil, for Pony, for Ryan, for Alan, who are not here, but are assuredly doing more homework than Phil and I. Hmm. Uh, until next week or sometime later this week. Who knows? We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon, right? Take care.